Hey, everybody. I'm excited about the word tonight that I get to share. Uh, my name is Daniel Cavazos. I'm a pastor here uh, on staff, and I get to lead in the generations area of ministry, if you don't know who I am. And from time to time, I get to teach, and I'm just excited. I feel like the Lord has given me a word for tonight concerning the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't know about you, but I believe that we need the Holy Spirit now more than ever, and we always need him. That's that's the truth. But uh, just with things that have been going on and 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 uh, things that are coming, I just believe that the Holy Spirit is here. He's ready uh, for us to know him and know him even better. Uh, John 16, 7, Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit. He says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. And that almost sounds like uh, it doesn't make sense because especially to the group of people he's talking to, and even, even to us when we look back at this statement Jesus makes, he says, it's best for you that I leave. And when you consider the people he's talking to, these are people that he trained up, that he rescued, that he poured his ministry and his training into the previous three years. And now he is about to leave earth, return to his father, by way of the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection, and he's telling his disciples that I have something better for you. There's something, this is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate will not come. And that is the name that Jesus uses to describe the Holy Spirit. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Think about this a second. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, and he said it's best for us that we receive the Holy Spirit, if the apostles waited before they left to receive the Holy Spirit, and they needed the Holy Spirit, I think it's safe to say that we need the Holy Spirit. Um, When we speak about the Holy Spirit, maybe you have different definitions, maybe you have different ideas, maybe uh, depending on how you were raised, or maybe some other people that you knew who went to church, you might have some different ideas. And I think it's safe to say that sometimes um, the Holy Spirit gets left out, or sometimes it feels like he's less recognized. And and, uh, I think it kind of connects to some things that we say, like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it almost feels like, you know, because he's mentioned third, maybe he doesn't have as as much as importance as the other father and son titles of God, of who God is. But since the beginning, the Holy Spirit was God and he was moving. It says that in the Bible, it says that uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and void. Darkness was on the face. And it says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit has been here since the beginning. He is God, and he continues to move. Um, He has personal attributes, and I think this is important to understand, uh, that the Holy Spirit has a soul. You know, when when you make a difference between something that is, is alive and, and, and something that is, that is, that it has a will that is active. You know, it's not just the fact that there's life because trees have life and, and, and plants have life, but the difference maker here between understanding the Holy Spirit as a force or as a power and really seeing him as a person, uh, as really seeing him as God with personal attributes, you have to understand that the Holy Spirit has a soul. And what I mean by that is that he has a mind. The Holy Spirit has thoughts. Uh, Romans 8, 27, 
says, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit has a mind, and he has thoughts. Um, he has a will. And the Bible says in Ephesians that uh, he gives people gifts. He gives you gifts according to what he wills, according to what he desires, according to what he plans. Uh, he has emotions. The Holy Spirit has feelings. Uh, the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, no matter of what your, your thoughts were or definitions or, or when I mention Holy Spirit, whatever comes to mind, here's what you need to know. The Holy Spirit is not a force that you could only use, but he is a God. He is God for you to know. He is not just a power for you to use from time to time, but he is a God that you can build relationship with, that you get to know. And it's, and it's part of God that Jesus says that when I leave, he comes. And he is here. And, and, he, is, and he has a ministry that, that is for us. And so I would like to just teach tonight and, and share a few things on my heart about what the Holy Spirit is doing in us and what he desires to do for us and through us. And uh, the first thing I'd like to share is this, is that the Holy Spirit, part of his ministry is that he comforts. In John 14, 16, uh, Jesus said this, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. He comforts us. You know, when I, when I first think about this word, you know, it, it almost sounds like a passive word, like... Um, Man, it feels good to be comforted. You know, when you're tired and, and you just had a long day, you go lay down or you maybe you're with uh, your, your, your spouse or your, your family or your friends and you lay down and you're comforted. And whatever that might look like to you, maybe, maybe it's eating something, maybe like comfort food. And, and we, we, we define that as a, as a, a passive thing or as a, as, a, as a just relaxing thing. But I don't... When you, when you define this word, that's not really what that means. Uh, the, the, the comforter is, is, is from a Greek word that is paraclete. And, and it literally means that he is an advocate. He, he's a comforter. He's a friend. He's a counselor. And he's a helper in time of need. And that word comfort isn't just to make you feel good or just to uh, give you some ease. But it literally means to strengthen. So when you think about when the Holy Spirit comes and he comes to comfort you, he comes to help you, he comes to strengthen you specifically. Uh, he comes to invigorate. He comes to encourage. And listen to this part of the definition. He comes to relieve from depression. He comes to relieve from depression. You know, I don't believe that the purpose of our Christian faith or our Christian life is to slide by and to make it through uh, with a life of ease and to say, well, you know, I gave my life to Jesus. I, I gave my life to the, you know, and I've received the Holy Spirit and I'm walking, I'm coming to church and I'm doing these things for God and I purpose to live for the Lord. And so now I should receive some, some comfort and I should receive some ease and things should be better for me. And, and yes, it should be better, but not in the form that sometimes we want it to be better. You know, the reason I believe that the Holy Spirit comforts, the reason I believe that he comes to strengthen and to relieve you from depression is so that you can continue to fulfill God's will for your life. 
I believe that 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 he is here to to um, strengthen you to to not quit. You know, when we go through life and we go through difficult moments, I believe that's the time when the Holy Spirit comes and he comforts you and he reminds you and he strengthens you. The Bible talks about when Jesus um, was baptized by John the Baptist and, you know, it was known at that point who Jesus was. And immediately after the baptism of Jesus, the Bible says that he was led to the wilderness by the Spirit, by the way. He was led to the wilderness to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. When he came back, Luke's gospel records that he came back and he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. He returned in the power of the Spirit. He was strengthened. He was... uh, uh, comforted in a way that was that was not passive, but that was ready to start a public ministry that was ready to preach the gospel like never heard before, that was ready to teach the scriptures like one of authority, that was ready to come lay hands on the sick so that they could be recovered, so that he can go and set the oppressor free. That's why he was strengthened. That's why he was comforted. And so I just, I want to remind you and I want to encourage you tonight Part of the ministry that the Holy Spirit has for us is to comfort us and and literally to strengthen us, invigorate us, to fill us so that we can go and continue to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Uh, Romans 8, 26 and and, uh, 27 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, He helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what to, we, uh, we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. This is uh, the scripture I just quoted. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. He intercedes through us in our weakness. He intercedes through wordless groans. And I believe that the Bible is speaking of praying in the Spirit here. That it is talking about praying in a spiritual language. That it is talking about praying in tongues. And um, it is a supernatural prayer time that I believe God has gifted us with. And there are just moments in our life that we don't know how to pray and we don't know what to do. I look back at my life and I think of the hardest times that I have faced and that I've walked through with myself, with my family. And I can look back and I can say that in those times, I probably prayed in the Spirit the most. I believe that praying in the, the, the Spirit is not just limited to, you know, your weaknesses in tough times. But I believe that um, it is especially needed in your times of feeling weak, in your, in your times of feeling down, in your times of not knowing what to do. And when you talk about praying in the Spirit, I believe that there is the, the actual prayer of the Spirit where He intercedes through you, and he prays out things that your mind does not understand. The Bible says that your mind is unfruitful. In other words, you don't understand what you're praying with your head. But by faith, you're praying in the Holy Spirit, and, you're, and, and basically the Holy Spirit is bypassing your head to pray directly to God the Father. And the other part of praying in the Spirit is not just praying in the heavenly language, but praying out the will of God. Praying in line to what God's will is. Uh, sometimes, you know, we, we don't have 
answers to our prayers because we pray amiss. We pray according to our will, according to what we see fit, and not according to God's will. And one of the ways that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness is to pray specifically according to the will of God. And he's saying, you know, it's okay that you don't understand. And, 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 and quite frankly, we might not understand God's will in the time of weakness because we're weak and we're, we're thinking about other things and things are difficult. And what might not be such a big deal is become a big deal to us at that moment. But you lean on the Holy Spirit and you lean on one of the things that he offers. You, you, you rely on and you seek and that is that he is here to strength, to strengthen us. He is here to strengthen you. I don't know what you might be going through right now. I don't know, uh, you know, what's, what's, what's happening to you as a person individually or to your family or to your business or what you have your hands to. And maybe you felt weak and you felt discouraged. I want to tell you tonight that the Holy Spirit is here to comfort you. The Holy Spirit is here to strengthen you. The Holy Spirit is here to, to, get, to empower you and to pray through you in your time of weakness and to pray specifically according to what the will of God is. And so he, 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 uh, he takes over and he prays for us and he helps us. Another thing that the Holy Spirit does, and I, I, just, I just sat down and I, I took some notes. There, there's a lot of things that the Holy Spirit does, but I just kind of put some things down that I felt, you know, that the Lord was wanting me to share with you tonight. And so this isn't, and, and, and the, you know, the, the complete package of what the Holy Spirit does, but here are some things that the Holy Spirit does. He reveals, he reveals to us, uh, and he reveals truth to us. John 14, 26 it says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. He will teach you everything and remind you. You know, the teaching that Jesus uh, uh, did and, and, and was, was doing during his ministry here on earth was, was a limited teaching. If you think about it, he was in his body. He was limited to wherever he was and whoever was in front of him. So he was, his teaching was, and his ministry was limited to those around him. But now that the Holy Spirit has come and he is here, and, and if you've received Jesus, you've received his spirit. Now his teaching is, and, and who he is, is in our hearts and his teaching is unlimited. His teaching is unlimited. Um, have you ever had moments where, you sit down and you, and you purpose to open the Bible and you read the Bible and you, you're saying, okay, you know, I, I want to read this. I believe this is the word of God. You know, this isn't just a thing that I hear on Sunday, but this is something that, that is daily bread for me. This is something that is, that is uh, food for my spirit. I want to read this and, and you purpose in your, in your heart and you set aside time and you, you go and you open the Bible and, and, and you read for a few moments and you continue to read and you walk away and you, think, and you close it and you think, man, I don't really know if I even understood what I read. Have you ever had moments where you try to understand and you try to see what God is saying in his word to you and you really don't get it? You know, I don't believe that God chooses some people 
to get it and other people to not get it. I don't, I don't think that's God's will. I don't believe that's what God's heart is for us. But I believe the difference is connecting with the teacher. I believe that the difference is connecting with the author. If you want to know about the book, you know, it's, it's said that you got to go to the author. And that's why when you read a book, it's, you know, you go to the back of that book or maybe it's in the front sometimes and it says about the author and you get to learn a little bit about their life and about what they've accomplished, about what they've done, what their wheelhouse is and their expertise and what they offer in their books and their resources. I believe that's true with the word of God as well. And the Bible says that the word, all scripture is inspired by God. Um, another translation or the literal, the meaning of that is that it is God breathed. And it is like God, the breath of God. You can say it this way. And when you, when you define what the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God is, it is literally like the breath of God. It is, it, is, it is his breath. It is what's coming out of his lungs. That is the spirit of God. That is the Holy Spirit. And so he, it is said that the, the Holy Spirit is the author, but men penned the Bible. And so if you want to know a little more about the Bible, then you go to the author. Now, if you had the opportunity to sit right next to Jesus, if Jesus is sitting down right here, right, and I get to come, just think about this for a second. Uh, just a little picture this. And you're coming back from reading the Bible and you're not sure what it is that you're reading about. And you're, you're, you might even be frustrated. You know, like I'm trying to, to, to grow. I'm trying to dig deeper. I'm trying to learn more. And it just seems like I'm getting nowhere. If you had the opportunity to sit down next to Jesus and to ask Jesus some questions. And to ask the Lord, Jesus, what did you mean? What did you mean about this when you said this? Or, or why, why is it that this is said here and this is said there? Or, or you know, what, help me to understand what you were saying and what you were trying to make understood. Wouldn't you create a dialogue with Jesus? Wouldn't that be an amazing thing? Wouldn't that be like the, the best thing ever to be able to sit, next, uh, sit down next to Jesus and to ask him specific questions about what he wrote? Jesus said, it's best for you that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come. And guess what? The Holy Spirit is here. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is here. And I believe that you know, if, if, regarding God's word, regarding the Bible, he is, he is the revealer of the truth. The Holy Spirit is the revealer of the truth. He reveals to us. He teaches us all things. He brings to remembrance what Jesus has said. And this, this book is full of, what, of Jesus' sayings. And he teaches us this thing. He, he, he reveals to us these things. And so... That picture of you sitting down next to Jesus and saying, Jesus, what did you mean about th that is actually something that we can do right now. Now, we might not see Jesus' bodily form uh, in our living room or, or wherever it is that you read or you get to, to dive in and try to, to read about his word. But guess what? The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit is here in this place. Jesus said that I have to go so that he can come. And guess what? Jesus has gone. 
And the Holy Spirit has come. And the Holy Spirit is still here. And, and it's just a matter of us seeing him, recognizing and honoring his presence and, and creating a dialogue with the author of the Bible. Creating a dialogue of, 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 of your questions and of your, your comments even. Jesus hears you and the Holy Spirit hears you and he teaches you. I believe concerning um, God's word, well, here's this, Hebrews 4.12. Here's what the Bible says. For the word of God, which is, which is the Bible, the word of God, it is alive and it is powerful. So it's not just a book. It's not just words on a page, but it is alive. Not only is it just alive, but it's powerful. It, it, it's, it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Think about that for a second. When you sit down with the Holy Spirit and you allow him to teach you, the Bible, the word of God, exposes our innermost thoughts and our desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. Here's what I believe the Holy Spirit does for us concerning the Word of God, the Bible. I believe he does three things. Number one is that he brings us revelation. He brings us revelation. Um, it's one thing to read this, this, this Bible as a book and trying to get some content. It's another thing when you sit down with the Holy Spirit and you ask him to reveal the truth to you. And you say, here's an example, and here's what I, I endeavor to do, is when I open the Bible, I just say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to tell me today? What do you want to show me today? You know, I can continue with my reading plan and maybe it's in there. Or maybe there's something else that's specific. Or maybe it's something that's, that's pertaining to what I'm going through right now. And I'm, I'm having to exercise my faith in this area that might feel a little different for me. Maybe there's something there that you need to show me. What is it that, what is it that you want to show me? I remember um, not that long ago I was... I was just dealing with a, an attack, a threat from the enemy, from the devil. Like it was just a, it was a lie. It was a lie about how I thought someone thought of me. And it was just untrue. It just hit me out of nowhere. I was, nothing they did, nothing. It was just a, a, an attack. And I was reading in Acts that, uh, in that time, and, and specifically in one morning, I was reading when, um, right, you know, as Paul was a prisoner, he was heading to Rome, and he was uh, in a storm in, in the boat, and he was shipwrecked. And he, he landed in the island, I believe, of Malta. And there were some natives there, and, and as he got there, the Bible says that a viper bit him. And the moment that, he, that Paul was bitten, like, everybody freaked out, like, Oh, this guy must have done something really bad. And if he's a prisoner, oh, my goodness. Like, watch out. Get away from him. He's cursed. Like, <laughs> he, got, he got bit by a snake, and I don't want to get bitten either. And so the Bible, the Bible says that Paul shook that snake off. He, he shook that viper off. He just shook it off. And the Bible says that no, no harm came to him. You think about this. This was a venomous snake. This was in an island that was native that... You know, it was a wild snake with, with venom. 
<laughs> like it, could, it should kill him. But yet he shook it off and nothing happened to him. No harm. He wasn't even sick and he didn't die. Now, the natives, you know, went from one extreme to the other. They said, oh, he's cursed and get away from him. And then after that happened, they saw that and they were amazed. And then they started worshiping him and thinking that he was God. He was a God. But here's what the Holy Spirit revealed to me in that word. Here's what the Holy Spirit can do. And when it, bring, when it comes life to you and what I was going through specifically, he told me, Daniel, shake that threat off. Shake it off. It will not do any harm to you. It will not do any, it will not kill you. It will not make you sick. It's just a bite. It's just an attack from the devil. And all you got to do is shake it off. And I, I shook it off. That morning I received that word and I just, I just did that by faith. And I said, I don't receive that. I don't receive that lie. I don't receive that threat. I don't receive what the devil is trying to put on me. And that's true for anything that the devil puts on you, whether it's a lie, a threat, a sickness, a disease, or, or, or any kind of um, discouragement or condemnation, you just shake it off. You shake it off and you trust the Lord no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through. Paul was a prisoner, just got shipwrecked, and God still did that through him. So I, th I believe the Holy Spirit brings us revelation, and, and the Bible becomes alive to us. The other thing I believe the Holy Spirit does is he teaches us to put the Word of God into practice. He, he teaches us the truth. He brings to remembrance the Word of God. He teaches us when the Bible says um, to, to walk according to the Spirit, to not satisfy the lust of the flesh. Uh, when the Bible says to love your enemies and to pray for those who hurt you and persecute you. When the Bible says to, to, to be an example and to love and to, to preach the good news and to make disciples. When the Bible talks about marriage and how, how it teaches us as men to, to love our, our brides as Christ loved the church. And when it talks to the, to the women, it talks to the children, it talks to the family, it talks to the church, it talks to the believer. I believe the Holy Spirit gives us and teaches us how to apply that. The, the third thing I believe that the Holy Spirit does is that he reminds us to use what we're being taught and what we're putting inside of us. One of the things, one of the most powerful things we can do with the word is to, to, to receive it and to bring it in, but then to let it, let it come out whenever it's needed, to speak the word, to, to speak the promises of God, to speak faith into existence, to, 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 to declare God's will in whatever circumstance, in, in this, in this, in this earth, in this, in, in our lives, in what we're doing, in our ministries, in our families, is to speak in the Holy Spirit. Many times you might have read something in the past that he revealed to you, and, you know, it was something concerning of a word of encouragement, a word of faith, and you might have forgotten, and then here you are discouraged, and you need to use faith, and the Holy Spirit will remind you of what you were, you were taught so that you can speak it out, and so that you can so that you can use that as a spiritual weapon in that time, in that time. And so um, he comforts us and he teaches us. The last thing I want to share with you tonight is that the Holy Spirit guides us. He guides us. In John 16, 13, the Bible says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. 
He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. He will, not, he, he will lead you, he will guide you into all the truth. And as you get to know the Holy Spirit, as you get to uh, converse with him and, and dialogue with him concerning his word, and as your relationship grows and you don't see the Holy Spirit just as a force and just as a power or, 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 or whatever it is that you thought before, but you see him as God, and you see him as, as God who is here on this earth and he is, and he is hovering, like in the beginning, he was hovering over the waters. And when, when God spoke a word, the Holy Spirit was there ready to move, that he is the same spirit that is here ready to move when we speak a word and when we honor him and give place for him. I believe that you get to know him more and you get to understand him more as the guide that he wants to be for us. As a guide that he wants to be for us. You know, something that's true about a guide is that a guide knows the territory. A guide knows the area. You know, when I was 18, I got a chance to go to Peru, the country of Peru. And I got to go with my pastor and we um, preached there for a couple weeks. Um, and it was just amazing. We, we got to travel around. And no matter where we went, we had a guide that was there. And it was, it was great because we had no idea of this country and particularly the different cities within this country, the different regions. But we had someone that we were connected with that would take us, that would lead us, that would show us, that would even avoid specific areas for our safety. And we're grateful for that. And we got to go and minister and it changed my life when I was 18 years old and it was amazing. But the guide was there. He was always there and he helped us and he led us. And, and here's what's true about the Holy Spirit is that he guides us. And he's a good guide. He's a good God. And he knows even the unknown to us, it's territory that he knows. And it's just the relationship that we get to have with God where, man, sometimes I wish I knew everything. Sometimes I wish I knew what would happen when I do this, that, or the other. But you know, I, I believe that, that there is an aspect of our relationship with God and our pursuit of God that is true and it becomes more true even with the unknown and as we get to be led step by step by him. And so that's what he does as he leads us. Again, if you knew Jesus, that Jesus was here today and you heard that he was in the synagogue or he was in the church and he was teaching and you needed some guidance for your life. And you're just in a fork in the road or, or you're just, you don't know um, what to do next. And you know that Jesus is, is, is in the church building today. Wouldn't you make every effort to go and talk with him? Knowing that Jesus, this man is God. <laughs> knowing that Jesus, that this is, this is the one who has answers. Like, he is the one who, who formed me in my mother's womb, who had plans for me before the foundations of the world. Like, this is, this is God. This is someone who knows me. This is someone who I can lean on and get some direction from and maybe some leading from. Wouldn't you make everything or do everything you can to, to come into contact with him? I, I just feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, I am here. I am here. Jesus, Jesus left, but he didn't, leave you, he didn't leave you alone. He didn't leave us alone. 
He sent his Holy Spirit. In fact, he said it was better. And the Holy Spirit is here. And I believe the Holy Spirit is telling us because, there, you know, in these times, there's a lot of, I'm not uncertainty. You know, I don't know what to do and I'm not sure about this. Or what is it going to look like, you know, um, in the next weeks? You know, those families who started school, what does that look like? What does it look like in the future? Well, there's a lot of unknowns. And, and I believe that we need to tap into the God who knows all things. The Spirit of God who guides us and leads us into all truth. Who, who wants a relationship with us. Who wants to be seen not just as a force but as a person. Who has a voice. Who has thoughts. Who has emotions. Who has plans. Who has a will. And who wants to talk to you. I believe that when you talk about being led and being guided, just a few things I want to share about that. And the first thing is that we can start by asking. We can start by asking, how, how, am I, how do I use or how do I tap into the guidance of the Holy Spirit? Well, the first thing that we have to do is to, to ask. I love this in Isaiah chapter 30. Um, in verse 2, but I want to set it up with verse 1 real quick. Uh, it says, woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord. Listen, who take counsel, but not from me. And who devise plans, but not of my spirit. Verse 2. Who walk to go down to Egypt and have not asked, listen, my advice. To strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Here's God speaking to the people about the people of Israel and it's almost like you feel you you hear the heart of a father who's a little hurt <laughs> he's like you know you're you're going out there my children you're going out there and you're taking counsel but you're not taking counsel from me and 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 you're going out there and you're devising plans you're setting up plans and and all of these things for yourself but it's not of my spirit and he says Woe who walked down to go to Egypt and have not asked my advice. I want to ask you a question. When was the last time you asked God for his advice? When was the last time we, we, we kind of put the brakes on, on something real quick, on a decision, and we sat down with our wife or with our husband or we sat down just by ourselves with the Lord or maybe with some friends and you said, I really don't know what to do. Like, I'm, this is crazy. Like, I don't, I don't know you know, what's next? I don't know if that if I do this, what happens after that? Well, start by asking is what I would say. And, and ask just like this. Holy Spirit, what is your advice for me? It sounds simple, but I believe that it is simple. And when you ask, anything you do concerning God is, is something by faith. It is with faith. And so when you ask, you ask with faith. And you ask in a way saying, when I ask this, I believe he's going to show me. I believe he's going to give me his advice because guess what? God wants to give you his advice. God wants to show you what to do. I believe that's his desire and his plan. And by his spirit, he wants to guide you. He wants to guide me. And so let's start by not devising our own plans but by asking his advice. I believe he leads us and guides us by his word. When we read the word and we, we see what to do and what not to do, I believe that's a good place to start in, in receiving guidance from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit 
will never contradict the, the sayings and the writings of Jesus, of God. He is the author of the Bible. And he will never contradict what is written. I believe that he guides us by his peace. In Colossians, the Bible says to allow peace to rule in your life as an umpire. An umpire calls shots in the ball game. An umpire will tell you if this is right or if this is wrong, if this is fair, if this is foul. And I believe that uh, the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us by peace. I believe he guides us by wise counsel. There are some people around you. There are people around me that God has placed to speak wisdom and to speak God's will for us and, and, and not to say what to do, but to give us some counsel and to give us some advice, to give us maybe some questions that we need to ask ourselves and things to consider. I believe that God has placed us around people for that reason, one of the reasons. And another reason, another way that the Holy Spirit leads us is through faith, is by faith. And sometimes, you know, you don't have enough or at least what you think is enough and you feel like you need more but you have to move, you step by faith. And I believe God leads by faith. I think about Paul, when Paul was in the missionary journeys and he was preaching and he was reaching the Gentiles and he wanted to go to Asia and to preach. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit forbade him. The Holy Spirit said, do not go. But the point is that Paul was moving. He was going. He was stepping. He was acting by faith. And in the process of, of, of moving, the Holy Spirit said, don't go. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will show you what to do by telling you what not to do. And he does that best when you're moving and we're stepping by faith and we're looking for his advice. I believe the Holy Spirit is, is here. I believe that, you know, he leads us, he, he comforts us, he uh, teaches us, he reveals the word to us. And ultimately, I believe that he leads us to Jesus. And, and, and if you're a believer already, I believe he leads you to Jesus more. And you continue to know Jesus more. And if you're not, if you, if you, if you feel like you're far from God or if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're not familiar with, with the things of God and with church and reading the Bible and praying and you're listening to this maybe for the first time or, or maybe one of the first times in a while, I believe the Holy Spirit would, would, would be the one to, to convict you and to convince you that you need Jesus. And so I want to take this opportunity in this time to pray. I want to pray, number one, for us as a church. And I, I would like to just pray that we would receive the Holy Spirit, and that we would honor the Holy Spirit, because I believe he moves where he's honored. And then I'd like to pray for those who are watching tonight who, who might feel far from God, maybe not have a relationship with God and would like that opportunity to know him. And I would like to pray for you. So let's, let's pray first um, for those listening and those who, who know Jesus. And uh, let's just ask that we would uh, just go deeper with the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that this word would not return void. And those of us, those of those uh, listening tonight, I pray, Jesus, that, that faith would rise and that they would be encouraged tonight 
to get to know you a little bit more, Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask that you forgive us for when we neglect you and your voice and your teaching and your comfort or when we think of you less than, we repent from that. And Holy Spirit, we say, come. Fill us personally. Fill us, Lord, with more of you. And fill our church, Lord. Move in our services. Move in our ministries. Move in our, in our children and our youth. Move in our families. Move, Lord, in a very powerful way that is evident that you are God, that you are love, that you are powerful, and that you love us, Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you for speaking to us tonight. And I thank you, Jesus, that we will get to know you more so that we can make you known even more in Jesus' name. Now, if you're watching tonight and you'd like to uh, say a prayer with me to get to, to come into a relationship with Jesus, and really what that means is this, is you're saying, I feel far from God, but I'd like to get to know God. And I believe there's a God that, 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 that loves me and has a plan for me and has a purpose for my life. And I believe that he's talking to me right now and he's leading me to a relationship with him. I'd like to pray with you. And right there where you're at, would you just bow your head and close your eyes and just repeat this prayer after me? Would you just say this? Oh God, I thank you for loving me. And I thank you for having a plan for my life. Oh, Jesus, I surrender my heart to you. I recognize my need for a Savior. And I pray that you would come into my heart and that you would live in me. I pray that you would become my Lord and my Savior and that I would become your child. And I thank you for dying for me and for forgiving me. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen.